This podcast is sponsored by GCK Consulting, a next generation political consulting firm. From fundraising to polling to campaign strategy, GCK is helping get millennials elected all across the country. To learn more about GCK and their services, just go to gckconsults.com. Again, that's gckconsults.com. All right, now to the podcast. Welcome to the Millennial Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Valerie. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And today I'm joined by Iowa Attorney General Tom Miller. Thanks for coming on and congrats on winning re-election. Thanks thanks for having me and thanks for the congratulations. It's always good to get an election over with. Yeah. So, Attorney General, you first ran for this office in 1974 and are now entering your 10th term. What has your experience been in the office and why is it relevant to millennials? Well, my my experience has been wonderful. You know, I, I feel really lucky to to have had the opportunity, you know, many many times to to be Attorney General of Iowa. It's been a wonderful experience uh, for for a variety of reasons, but but some of the some of the most most important ones are that you get to use the law to serve the interest of of ordinary people, of ordinary Iowans. That's a that's a great responsibility. It's it's a challenging responsibility. There's a lot of satisfaction with with doing that. Um, you know, when I go home at night, I can I can think that that we did some good things, or at least we tried our best to do some good things for for people. You know, I, I've always been interested in in the in the intersection of of law and public policy, um, and this is this is as rich an intersection of that kind as 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 as, as you can find, and and is sort of intellectually stimulating um, as as a result. And I've I've had the opportunity to work with just terrific people. Um, we've been able to to recruit good good lawyers who smart, public service minded, have integrity, um, work hard, um, you know, work together. I, I've 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 had I've had a great deal, and I feel real really fortunate. And, and and in terms of millenniums, you know, I think I think there's there's a couple things to to keep in mind. The kinds of things that we do are important to to everybody. The rule of law. Um, serving ordinary people, serving the, the public interest, you know, making government and the courts work as, as best they can. Every, everybody has, has their interest. And, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, we're, we're sensitive to change. We think change is, right kind of change is, is really a good thing. And millenniums obviously feel the same way and approach things in, in that way. Um, an example would be net neutrality. Um, we're, we're huge supporters of net neutrality and are very disappointed the, the Trump administration has moved away from it. We're very supportive when uh, when the FCC under under Barack Obama uh, went went in that uh, went in in that direction. I think millenniums are 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 very supportive of diversity. You know, I think I think really do do better um, than than we do um, on those issues, and and those are issues that that we're extremely uh, supportive of, including the immigration issues. You know, I, th- I think are important, and and we've we've worked we we we've worked worked a lot there. So you hit upon a few really important issues there. I'd like to start with net neutrality. What exactly is going on with net neutrality at the moment, and what actions have you taken to protect it? You know, we we've we've protested uh, in. Uh, before the FCC, when they when they started to move in this direction with, you know, filing comments, you know, I, I would add that, that the attorney generals uh, work very closely together. We have found that uh, there's strength in numbers. So, you know, we we've worked with a group of others, uh, 
on the administrative level, we've uh, we've brought a lawsuit um, challenging it. Um, we've in, we've encouraged efforts at at the state level. You know, I think that, for instance, uh, California has passed its own uh, version of net neutrality for California. The legislature, that is, Governor Governor Steve Bullock in Montana has signed an executive order providing that that companies that that do business with the state of Montana um, have to have to observe net neutrality. Um, I think a few other states have, have done that. We haven't haven't been able to do that in Iowa, but we're always always looking for an opening. And what about immigration? You know, immigration is is has become such a divisive issue in our country, and you know, and never should be. I mean, this this country is is built on immigration. Uh, immigration has has really supported, strengthened, revitalized this country over over many uh, generations and many, many decades. Um, and we've, you know, we've sort of lost sight of that, which, which I think is, 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 is really un- unfortunate. You know, I'm, I'm particularly concerned about the, uh, the, the DACA. For them to, you know, come over here at a, to our country at a very young age, not know another country, um, grow and develop and contribute in our society and then be in jeopardy of being sent back to the, the country they, they don't know. Some of the countries very dangerous. That is something that that I I feel I feel very strongly. I, I feel my my Republican counterpart should not have brought the the lawsuit that that has has has, has triggered this. And we've we've been fighting back as a group of of, of AGs against uh, uh, implementing what what they are trying to to, to bring about. Uh, we're we're led uh, in this fight by uh, the Attorney General of of California, Javier Becerra, who's a terrific AG and a terrific colleague. We work with California on, on a lot of things, and they've been a great partner. And we found that you know they have more resources than we do, so th- that's especially nice to have a partner like that. So that's that's what we're trying to do on immigration. Ultimately, some congressional legislation is is the answer. You know that came close a few years ago when it was passed by good majority in the Senate on a bipartisan basis. And then the um, um, the, the Republicans in the House um, held, held it up. You know, I think that's unfortunate and that, that eventually we, we do need legislation that would give a path to citizenship to the immigrants involved. And the Congress almost did, uh, but unfortunately didn't go the full way. And as you said, millennials care deeply about diversity. And in the past two years, we've seen massive attacks by the federal government on marginalized communities from LGBTQ people to women to disabled people to people of color. What exactly can attorney generals do to protect these marginalized communities and fight for diversity? Yeah, well, one of the things we can do is um, is the work in our states. Um, every state has, has has laws prohibiting discrimination in, in a whole host of ways, and you know we worked with um, with the agencies, the, the civil civil rights agencies, civil rights divisions, um, and 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 work work on work on that, and and, and try our try our best to, to enforce the law. Uh, we we've, we're pushing back um, on on some of the changes, some of the uh, changes in uh, from the Trump administration to uh, reversing some of the really good policies in the Obama administration. Um, so you know, just a really an across the board effort using the law to to try and get to to the right result. One of your top priorities is protecting consumers. That's very relevant to millennials in regard to student loans. Earlier this year, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau shuttered the agency's watchdog division for student loan borrowers. What can states do to ensure that student loan borrowers are protected? Well, um, you know, we, we have a group 
of, of assistant AGs uh, that are that are working really hard on those issues. They're they're difficult, they're complex. You know, so many so many people are involved. What what we have found is uh, that um, if if there are a lot of people involved with somewhat individual transactions, it's much more difficult to uh, to implement those programs, and uh, even more difficult to to change those programs when they get off track. We, we found that with the, in the mortgage crisis, came up with some revo- reforms. But the task ahead of us is 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 uh, is always a lot bigger than we think because of the individual pieces. But have, having said that, my my view is that on, on the student loan situation, the provisions, some of which are in place but not implemented, concerning payments being made based on people's income, is is really the 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 the, the right answer. Part of the real shame of this all is that the, those the, the companies that service the, the student loans have not been doing a good job at all of doing that. In part because it's difficult, and complex. In part, sometimes the, their economic interests are such that uh, not moving in that direction helps helps them. So uh, what what we try and do is 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 push in that direction. It's part of the lesson that that we learned in our farm crisis in, in the 1980s in, in Iowa. Modifying loans, uh, particularly in crisis or semi-crisis kinds of situations, can have enormous benefit for everybody, including the creditors. That we would have farms in Iowa where the the loan um, exceeded the the ability of farmers to pay, uh, but they could pay, you know, a, a, a certain amount and maybe quite a bit. And what the the lender would get would get more money by that reduced payment than if they foreclosed and sold it on an open market. What then then was was very depressed. But here the same thing: if if loans are modified by modified according to the student's income, it can, it can be it can work much better for for everybody, um, including including the federal government and especially the federal government. It seems to me. Could you tell us a little bit more about the farm crisis? It was it, 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 it was a major crisis and trauma for for the state of Iowa generally, but particularly for for the farm community. What what had happened is that um, the value of farmland in the 70s and into the early 80s um, increased dramatically, more so than it should have. Looking back, that that there was a bubble and um, farmers were buying land at at very high prices. And, you know, being able to, to do that at the time, at least ostensibly, then the value of farmland crashed, the bubble burst. And um, as a result, um, you know, farmers uh, owned land that was uh, worth less than, than debt. Um, and their ability to, to pay that off um, became very limited. So we lost, we, we lost quite a few farms in, in Iowa and we lost people. There were suicides in the in the farm community, and you know the the farmers, the, the agriculture community has always been so important to, to Iowans, both economically and sort of in in the state psyche. And you know we, we were in this situation, and um, it occurred to us that um, that loan modifications uh, could could save the farms and could produce more money for the for the lenders, for the federal government and and the bank and commercial lenders. Uh, we went, I, I was the attorney general then, and I went arm in arm with the executive director of the Iowa Bankers Association. And we went up to the legislature and asked the legislature to enact a law um, that farmland could not be foreclosed on unless there was uh, uh, a meaningful attempt at, at mediation. Um, and the mediation was the vehicle to, 
to reach what um, what one of my great assistants, Tam Ormiston, called the sweet spot, uh, where farmers could make the payment and the lenders could could realize more money um, than foreclosing. Now that wasn't always the case, but it was often the case. Uh, when when we hit the the mortgage crisis, that came back to us very quickly. So we we talked early on about loan modification uh, and principal reduction and and reducing payments to, to do that. And then, then a lot of that came true in the implementation of the settlement that the states had uh, with the major banks on, on, on the mortgage foreclosure um, set of mortgage issues um, that was settled back in, I think, 2010. Hey everyone, I'm Nathan. And I'm Dylan. And as you know, Millennial Politics is totally independent and volunteer run. That means every podcast you listen to, every article you read, and every tweet you see is created by a dedicated team of volunteers. It also means that we can say what we want to say when we want to say it, but we rely on listeners just like you to support our work. We hope you'll consider supporting us by subscribing at patreon.com slash millenpolitics. Every dollar will go directly towards our mission of shining a spotlight on progressive candidates, causes, and organizations. And if you subscribe at the ambassador level or more, we'll send you a free copy of How Our Government Really Works Despite What They Say. It's an award-winning book about the intricacies of American government, and you'll get to join our exclusive ambassador Slack channel and get to hang out with us all day, every day. I pretty much live there. So if that appeals to you, come join us. And we want to give a very special shout out to our executive producer, Greg Stevens, and our producers, Brad Tracy and Renee Garcia-Brown. Again, if you want to continue hearing interviews and conversations just like this one, we hope you'll visit patreon.com slash millenpolitics. That's patreon.com slash M-I-L-L-E-N politics and join the movement. All right, now back to the show. Obviously, as the top law enforcement official in your state, you're acutely aware of the issue of mass incarceration. Iowa actually ranks near the top when it comes to locking up black Americans, with black people being 11 times more likely than white people to be incarcerated, according to a 2014 report by the Sentencing Project. The same report says that Iowa's population is only 3% black, but black people make up 25.8% of the inmate population. What can you do to address this issue of racial injustice? Well, we, we've, we've done a, a couple of things. Um, probably the most significant is um, um, in, in two years, 16 and, and 17, uh, we did a sentencing reform um, in, in our state and worked hard with Republicans, with ideological conservatives um, and, and liberals and, and, and Democrats, addressed some of the mandatory minimum sentences uh, uh, for drug offenses that, um, you know, disproportionately affected um, African-Americans. In the, in the second version, um, we dealt with the issue of, of, of crack cocaine and, and, and the more regular, more traditional cocaine, and um, still have a disparity between those two, but a much smaller one as, as a result. We're going to embark on another attempt at, at sentencing reform Starting uh, starting next week, when uh, one of our key people come back to, to work for us, Kevin McCarthy, and 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 try and address those issues, we we work as closely as we can with the black community, and uh, um, they have a couple of great people working uh, on their behalf, uh, including Dean David Walker. He's the former twice dean of the Drake Law School, who's very thoughtful on this. So we, you know we're, we're trying to roll up our sleeves and 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 deal with these issues because because they're important. Um, the disparity is important, but generally locking up uh, more people um, than we need to 
uh, and moving away from that uh, is, 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 is important. And do you think the legalization of marijuana is also a part of that? You know, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm reluctant on, on legalization of marijuana. Um, what, what I, what I do feel strongly about is that, um, is, is that we shouldn't be, um, imprisoning people for the use of, of, of marijuana. And what do you think about expunging the records of individuals convicted on nonviolent marijuana charges? You know, I, 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 I think that's, you know, I think that would be, be a good idea generally. You know, I'm, I'm a great believer that on, on second chances generally. And so uh, that, that's something I'm very open to. And what can folks do, what can millennials do to get involved with your state politics, with your office? Where can they find you online? Well, I think, I think the big thing that, um, that they can do is, um, you know, be good citizens, be voters, get, get involved in, in politics if, if they so choose. I mean, it's, it's got a bad reputation these days, but, um, you know, I'm someone that, that came into, uh, to politics through the, the through President Kennedy, through the, the motivation that um, that he gave to uh, to to us for for millennials to help support candidates is really is really a good thing. I, I recommend it to everybody. But they 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 have more energy than 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 the rest of us. And I also say as a volunteer and also maybe as a candidate, um, the the campaign that you're going to enjoy the most is your first one. Uh, and I, I think I think there's. Uh, there, there's there's there, there's some 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 real truth to that in terms of, of getting in touch with us on 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 the web um uh, it's it's iowaattorneygeneral.gov okay perfect well thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to speak with us and we hope to catch up with you later in the year and hear what your office has been doing okay sounds good we'll look forward to that Th- thanks thanks for connecting up with us Well, thank you again so much for coming onto the podcast, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you want to stay up to date with the Millennial Politics podcast, make sure to follow us on iTunes, on social media, and tune into the Progressive Radio Network every week. Thanks for listening.